This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. When you sit down and write a business plan, you think about like, who can I sell my product to? Who's my ideal customer? What is this good for? What are the uses good for? You you never sit down and say, geez, is my product good for a pandemic, <laughs> right? But as it turns out, mail order cookies are pretty good for a pandemic, right? So people were buying them for themselves, more comfort food. Uh, they were buying them for other people to just make connection. So we, I just found that we were bringing a lot of co- connection and comfort to people. In the midst of the uncertainty and difficulty of COVID-19, one local cookie shop owner in Boston found herself writing a blog post that got a lot of attention and helped her get past her challenges. Coming up, you'll hear from top shelf cookie founder, Heather Younger, and why connecting with her community and giving back is what carries her past then what moments and into success. Not to mention a big helping of yum. Heather, thank you so much for being on our podcast and getting on. Why cookies? Oh, (laughs) Um, because you don't necessarily have to decorate them and make them look beautiful. (laughs) And I don't have that skill set. I just really always, that's the first thing I learned to bake. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in a single parent household. I spent a ton of time at my grandmother's house, like most kids that have a single parent household. And, um, you know, she, I would spend a lot of weekends with her and, uh, we baked cookies every weekend. We would go like clockwork. She would pick me up after school on a Friday. We'd go to the grocery store, get all our ingredients, all the food we needed for the weekend. We'd leave the butter out, um, after dinner. And in the morning, on Saturday morning, we would get up and we would bake because we'd have nice soft butter. So I've always really enjoyed making cookies. And um, I just I hit a point where I was out of work and uh, with a bunch of new kitchen equipment and started kind of picking up baking again. And the thing I was enjoying the most making was cookies. So I just kind of got back to it as a, you know, 33 year old. <laughs> you know. That's still young. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Um, so when did you bake your first cookie ever whenever you were a kid? Yeah, like, I would say probably you? like, I mean, I probably started helping Hazel in the kitchen when I was like three or four, you know, she was wow. really, she was really big on, you know, um, teaching by example, um, and, and doing things. And I've always really, I, you know, I've taken that with me in life too, is um, doing stuff with people or especially with little kids, like getting them involved and getting them hands-on because that's the way I learned. Um, so there's not a friend of mine that doesn't have kids that has not learned to bake in my kitchen. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> You're spreading your it. talents. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you decide, like, so you were baking in the kitchen and decided, hey, this is what I cookies, this is what I want to do. What was your then what moment? Like, when did you decide after you were baking in the kitchen? Like, then what? 
so actually it's a really kind of crazy story. So obviously I am a loud, proud Bostonian and we love our sports. Uh, and I am at this point a 20 year season ticket holder for the Boston Bruins. Wow. And so I am extremely superstitious and I had, um, when I was out of work, I would bake a lot during the day. So I would bring my favorite bar, uh, the fours. I would just bring them kind of like my cookies and be like, I made all this stuff today. It can't be in the house and whatever. Um, and then it just became a thing where it, it, it had grown a little legs in terms of superstitions. Wow, we always do better when you, you make cookies, Heather. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I took that off season and I actually started working on a cookie uh, that I, I wanted a cookie that would be black because the Bruins colors are black and gold and how to come up with a gold feature. So it ended up being a dark chocolate cookie. So um, not like a bitter cookie. Um, the, they, use, they use a black cocoa. It's the same thing that they use to make Oreos the color that they are, just okay. as frame of reference. And then we, you know, I tried putting like uh, edible gold glitter in there, like all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And it just didn't shine through and it didn't taste very good. So I ended up settling on peanut butter chips that are, you know, they just reminded me of some of the old school uniforms of the Bruins, right? So that became my black and gold cookie. Started the season, uh, the Bruins actually had played overseas in Prague. So we were doing like a uh, hockey brunch at the bar and I brought in these cookies and they were like, what are these, right? And they, um, you know, it's just the staff. I mean, I've been going to that bar for as long as I've had my tickets. So, you know, it spread through all the staff and like regulars there and they're like, these are really good. Then it became every single game I was bringing cookies. So it was like started with like a dozen. Uh, the Bruins ended up playing through all the way to the Stanley Cup final that year and ultimately winning um, in 2011. At, during that time, it was funny, during the playoffs, like the Fours Facebook page would like have their status be like, big game on Friday. Heather, you're bringing the special cookies, right? And it was just something like we, we all did, right? Like the Fours is, you know, I... I, you know, everybody talks about cheers in Boston, but the fourth is actually really cheers. <laughs> it's yeah. like the real life cheers. You know, at one point I, during the playoff run, you know, I had told my, my boss, I was working corporate customer service for a large company. And I had told my boss like, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to be leaving on time the days that we have games. And she's like, well, how long is that going to be? And I'm like, well, I hope it's for two months because that means the Bruins <laughs> won the Stanley Cup. And like, you know, I don't, I, I, I work hard so that I can enjoy the things that I care about outside of work and hockey and the Bruins is one of my biggest passions. So that was really annoying because I was really unhappy with my job. And uh, I think that was a very big, like what the hell kind of moment. So I got, I remember getting to the bar that afternoon, we're going to the game. And I just said to my, my best friend, like, I remember just throwing the cookies on the bar and be like, whatever. Right. And I'm like, I just wish I could make cookies for a living. And my my best friend, he sits next to me at the Bruins, he said straight out, he's like, I've been waiting for you to say this for three years. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And he is the probably like, you know, he's he's the most conservative, not the person that takes a risk, you know. And I was surprised that he would even think that that was a good idea. Um, so what I did was I just spent the next two years really working as much overtime as I could, paying down all my personal debt. And then I took a, a bakery job for $10 an hour. Um, and I did that for almost a year. Um, and I learned things that I didn't want to do things that I did want to do. Uh, I worked in a cupcake bakery at the end of like, really at the end of the cupcake craze. 
which you can learn a lot when things are not going well um, or things are, are drastically changing. Um, so that was when I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to do this. Like, despite every red flag, when you run a food business, <laughs> there's, I remember talking to somebody who was like, there's easier ways to make money. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah, for sure. There's definitely easier ways to make money. But um, I just, you know, it's funny, like going from a corporate cube into this, like food, the food business world, I just felt like I found my people. And that there's a lot to be said for that. There is, there is. And I feel like it takes courage to kind of step out, especially when the food business, because it's risky, right? Like people think it's Very. the riskiest <laughs> type. Like my mom actually has her own food business too, like a smaller yeah. kitchen kind of thing here. And yeah. I, I can understand it's, it's not an easy thing, but when passion meets, you know, business is what I think is like, it works. Right. It, it definitely exactly. does work. When was your kind of your, your moment that you felt like, okay, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's interesting, right? Cause there's, I think there's different levels of, I made it right. So like for me, just, you know, the first day we had our, you know, I, so I, I went to work in a shared kitchen. So I work in a, a shared use incubator kitchen. And the first day that I made 200 cookies, I was like, <laughs> and then you think like, yeah, well, why didn't you plan that as part of like, even though in theory, when you're doing your business plan, you you're planning to make 200 and more cookies, but like you haven't done it. So like in a lot of ways that day felt like my, uh, like I've made it, like I just made 200 cookies. I put them in this industrial oven and it's amazing. Um, but we, there's been different things along the way, you know, like we have some fairly big clients in the city of Boston and, you know, we're very Boston centric. Our branding is very Boston centric. Um, Sam Adams is actually one of our very first customers. Um, that's huge. You know, like we just did an order for them last week for or two weeks ago, we sent out 10,000 cookies for them, you know? So that to me, like that feels like we made it, you know? Um, but this, I think this year signing a lease on our first storefront in our first own space, that's really been the big, like, Oh my gosh, we made it. This <laughs> and is I think real especially, now. <laughs> especially this year. Yeah. <laughs> being the oh, way yeah. that it's been for sure. So, you know, we just actually had a, a call with our um, architect and design team yesterday and they sent me the renderings of what the space will look like. And it was like, oh, wow, that's where I'm going to work. Like that's my, that's my new kitchen. That's my new office. It's pretty, it was pretty amazing. So that's amazing. But yeah. So how did you find others to kind of be part of your business and to help you kind of expand? Sure. So um, I think the thing that Top Shelf Cookies has been, it's been powered by friends in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, one of my really good friends, the second she heard me say, like, I think I want to do this as a job, she would not let up. She every, every time, well, when you have, a, when you have your own business, when you have a shop, you know, and I was like, this might not be a good idea. You know, like I'm, you know, in a lot of ways, like I'm too old to start a business and like go from working in a cubicle to like lugging around hundreds of pounds of dough at a time, you know, like whatever, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't let me forget it. And she worked, she would work Monday through Friday, nine to five. And then she would be at the kitchen on a Saturday morning at six o'clock in the morning. And she, you know, she's just not a good cook. That's not, you know, she just doesn't like it. It's not something she's interested in. But she would come into that kitchen and she would scoop cookie dough. She would measure ingredients. She would wash 
hundreds of sheet pans. She would do anything, anything for me. Um, so we're powered by friends. <laughs> um, we ended up hiring another girl who was a friend of a friend, which it was one of those things where a bunch of people were always like, you know, Heather, you should meet Megan. Megan, you should meet Heather. And when we finally met, we hit it off immediately. She loves to bake. So she came in and worked in the kitchen, like kind of on demand because so much of our business was on demand at first. We're, you know, we're kind of, somebody described us once and it was, I thought it was a perfect description because we do a lot of events. So somebody was like, you know, we were at an event. Somebody said, oh, where's your storefront? I said, oh, we don't have one. We pretty much just kind of pop up, um, you know, wherever we can bring this tent. And I kind of motioned to the tent. He's like, so you're like a cookie carny. <laughs> yeah, we, I guess, you know what? We kind of are. We're like traveling. So, you know, we never had a real storefront. So um, a lot of our work was kind of on demand. Oh, we got an event this weekend. Everybody want to come in and help. So we didn't have like a steady, like steady work for people. And it was just mostly, uh, mostly me running around. And then when I needed extra hands, I had a pool of people that could help whether they be friends or friends of friends or whatever. Eventually we ended up bringing on Megan part-time. She did, uh, you know, three days a week doing, you know, different recurring farmer's markets and uh, just general like back office work, uh, things like that, or working in the kitchen. So she is going to be my first full-time employee the day that we open the doors on our storefront. Yay. (laughs) Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited too, because it's been, there's been some starts and stops. We've had a couple of things that we, you know, we thought we were getting into with food halls or public markets and they fell through, um, you know, and so it was like, Hey Meg, you want to come work for me full-time? Yeah, sure. And then it was like, no, sorry, just kidding. You know, it was, it's tough. And that's tough to put somebody through that. But I think too, she feels so much ownership about our business and what we do. Um, and I've even seen a difference since we agreed that she's coming, coming to work with us. So, and that the thing she's taking on to do for us. That's great. When does your storefront open? When is the anticipated uh, date? Yeah. November, 2020. Um, yeah, we, you know, provided construction, building permits, all that stuff goes, but we're, we're pretty much getting ready to pull the building permit. It's, uh, an existing space with some restaurant infrastructure. So it's not, there's not a lot, there's not like a lot of demolition or it's not heavy duty construction. It's like floors, ceilings, counters, and, and, uh, installing equipment. Yeah. So, no. so <laughs> in this, no, that's amazing. I'm like super happy for you guys. And you know, what's interesting is like in this time and, you know, of COVID and everything, the, you know, the businesses that got hurt the most were like service, you know, entertainment and also like mm-hmm. restaurants and right food, right? Food services in this way. Right. How like this, how were you able to kind of open a storefront during this time? Right. And like, what, what kind of led you to this? So I think like our story of what happened during COVID illustrates some really interesting points. And I am, I'm always someone who like in business is very interested about who is doing well during what time and what affects things. Um, so we, you know, this was, you know, if we go back even before COVID to like January 1st, like when you make your goals for the year, right. I was like, we got to start, start thinking much bigger. Like this is what we need to do. Stop going tent to tent. And we knew that this year we wanted to open a storefront. Um, so one of the first things I did was hooked up with a company that helps specialize is bringing real estate and small businesses together. 
another thing we did was we were always pretty active with Boston Marathon events, but instead of just kind of doing these events, um, you know, I went and talked to the official hotel of the Boston Marathon and we pretty much had that locked down that we were going to be in there. We were going to be bringing six different Boston themed cookies in there. And I'm like, yeah, good for us. Look at us. Right. That's huge. Right. And then like we got into a big Boston calling music festival and I'm like, this is all in the first eight weeks of the year. Right. And I'm like, look at this is like the best eight weeks of the year ever. Right. <laughs> like 2020 is going to be the biggest year ever for us. So March 11th, we looked at spaces. The first space we looked at is actually the space we're going into now. And I loved it. And then we went to five different spaces all over the city of Boston. In that time, we lost 80% of our projected revenue for March and April. Just all our wholesale accounts, like shut down offices. We don't need our office snacks. We don't, we'll let you know. Colleges, we're sending all the kids home. We don't, we can't take the frozen dough that you usually sell us. All the events that we had booked, gone, whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, we had a good run. Like, I just, I remember thinking that, like, we had a good run. Like, and then they had called me and said, did you want to make an offer on this space? And I said, no, like, you should not accept any offer from anyone right now. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and I, I took the time. Um, well, I went to bed in tears that night because like, how can six years of your life be gone? And that's how I felt. Like, I was like, we've worked so hard for six years and I get, I, you know, and I think about missing out on family and friend commitments, you know, like missing, uh, you know, I remember a friend of mine got married in New York and I was all set to go. And then we were just offered this amazing opportunity to, to work an event that was going to be, you know, big money. And I just, I emailed him and I said, if it is not too late for me to cancel, like if it's not going to cost you money for me to cancel on your coming your wedding. And he totally agreed. He was like, no, it's a great opportunity, but you know, you feel bad. You're missing out on your friend's wedding. I missed my sister's baby shower because we were doing a giant order for Martha Stewart. Like all I thought about was all those commitments that I ended up breaking to people that I care about. And I, I think of myself as a very caring friend, sister, aunt, those things. And it was just really like, that's what I remember. It wasn't even about like what we've done in this business. What, you know, I just like, Jesus, it's what you've given it all... up, right? To right. Be like, where was you it all are. worth it? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's gone like this. And, whatever. And I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I just found myself like just writing everything and just getting, sometimes it just helps to get things out on paper. I sent it to a friend and I said, I kind of want to share this as a blog on top shelf cookies. And he said, I really think that you should. I'm and I just explained, <laughs> I am too. And, you know, never once did I say like, Hey, please order cookies for me. Like we depend where, you know, we're going to, we're going to tank without you. It was literally just like, wow, I'm really scared. And I, I just can't believe this. And, and like, I can't believe I'm so worried for all my friends that own businesses. And, you know, I'm worried for everybody's health and safety and everything. Um, the blog was shared over a thousand times, which, you know, is not giant numbers, but for a company like me, those are pretty it's big. Still viral, you know? Yeah. So it was good. And, um, people, we, the orders started coming in. Uh, I got word from some people who worked for larger companies that they had shared it within their organization because they knew that their organizations were larger and maybe could help smaller businesses. So we know that 
some businesses, larger businesses went and did small business relief due to some of the stuff that they read that I wrote. Um, so what in that blog do you feel like that you wrote made this, you know, made a lot of people share? I think it was just like a very honest approach and storytelling. Like this is what we've done for so long. And like, I don't, I can't imagine my life without this. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose the best job of my life, you know? And there's, you know, and we've worked so hard and we had all this stuff lined up and I'm, I just, and, and I remember saying things about, you know, missing out on things that, that I wish I hadn't missed out on and how there's like, there's instant regret about that because who could have, who could know if this was how it's going to end. And I think it just, I think people found when they read it, it made a lot of sense to them. And I think that also they, things felt so out of control, right? Like all of a sudden we're all going home. We're working from home. We, you know, not really sure what's going on and it's the grocery store is a crazy place or whatever. And everything feels out of control. But like, if I buy cookies from this person, like I'm doing something and I'm doing something to help. And I know that's how some people told me that they felt that way. Or, um, you know, and we get a lot of notes with our orders that were, you know, I have this customer up in Maine and I love her. <laughs> She's just a sweetheart. And I met her at a pop-up event years ago. She orders online all the time. She always sends me the nicest notes with her orders, but the note with her order was like, I'm just praying for you and your little cookie company. And I'm not like, I'm not someone who prays. I'm not very religious, but I knew it was important to her, you know, that that's something that's important in her life and for her to keep us in her prayers that we would be okay. Um, you know, we make a lot of connections with our customers. And I think, you know, the, the emails and notes that we got with orders were all encompassing and were coming from the heart, um, from people. And then when I started to deliver to one of our wholesale accounts that we did not lose, we work in a, uh, we work with a very small specialty grocer in Boston. And when I went in, he's like, how are you guys doing? You know, it was almost like we didn't want to ask each other, how are you doing? Cause it was like, you don't want to hear that. Like your buddy is not doing well. And I'm like, well, you know, it's weird. We're doing really well online. And he said, yeah, us too. And he goes, and I can't stop crying. <laughs> open up my email. I'm like, Oh, good. Now I don't feel like a jackass, right? Because I'm crying every time I read my emails. But it's just like people knowing, I think people ex ex expressing to me as a small business owner that my small business was important to them. And that they wanted this, you know, and I think at the beginning, we were, I think we were all hoping like, Oh, a few weeks, we all stay home. It's good. We got this up, flatten the curve, whatever. Could not have imagined in March that we would still be in the situation that we're in, but you know, maybe that's because I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm a cookie baker. But, um, you know, I think when people came out of in support of small business and learned a lot more about who the people in their neighborhood were, that's a, you know, that's a good side effect of this whole situation. And, um, I know that it was nice for me to feel like oh, wow, like people do like care about us and, and want us to do well and want us to succeed. Um, so we were, um, we made some changes. We, you know, we had online channels anyway. Um, we, we switched to shipping once a week because we had to, we could only get into our shared kitchen once a week. Um, and so we would ship once a week. Nobody, you know, very few people complained that we were only going to ship on Thursdays people were great about it. Um, and so we were able to make that pivot really well. And our items, I think 
when you when you sit down and write a business plan, you think about like who can I sell my product to? Who's my ideal customer? What is this good for? What are the uses good for? You you never sit down and say, geez, is my product good for a pandemic, <laughs> right? But as it turns out, mail order cookies are pretty good for a pandemic, right? So people were buying them for themselves, more comfort food. Uh, they were buying them for other people to just make connection. So we, I just found that we were bringing a lot of co connection and comfort to people. You know, I had a woman that called me and she's like, oh, it's my granddaughter's birthday. She turned seven today. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's great. Where does she live? And she's like, she lives around the corner and I can't go see her. And th th that broke my heart because I had just had, um, on March 9th, my new niece was born and thankfully I did get to see her <laughs> the day she was born. And, um, she went home to my nephew, Malcolm, who, you know, they always tell you when you bring a new kid into the house, don't change a kid's routine. Literally that whole week school's canceled. His dad's work is closed. You know, like he's got a new sister. Everything is being in flux. So I would try to video chat with him, um, a lot, but he was having a hard time making the, the difference between, auntie coming to visit me and auntie talking to me on the computer. He's like, well, it's not real. You're on the computer, you know, which is like, geez, you're four. Yeah. <laughs> How do you realize that? <laughs> but he just is having a really hard time. And I remember him explaining to me that he was frustrated because his school was closed and his dad's work was closed, but his house was open and he didn't understand why no one would come see him. And I, it killed me. And we live about an hour and a half apart. And my sister's like, well, why don't you come and visit him through the window? And I'm like, I can't go see the kids without touching them. Like, I'm like a very yeah. hands-on auntie. I'm like, we're not good right now. So it was really tough. But when this grandmother told me she couldn't see her seven-year-old granddaughter, I felt that in a big way. So, you know, I think we I think I really overdid it with the <laughs> decoration of the box because I was just like, it was like, oh, I just want you to know your grandma cares about you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so we were able to do that. And then what ended up happening naturally was people who had been our customers for a long time or were big fans of our product found um, where, you know, we have a customer who is the manager of the Red Sox ticket office. And she's like, Hey, I want to send my staff work from home gifts. So, we sent out 15 boxes to her staff. The next week, we got calls from two people who happened to live in the homes of the people that got those 15 boxes. And each of them wanted to send 20 boxes out for wow. their team. And so basically, every week, we would send out boxes. And then we would get like three to four, you know, it's the old, and then he told two friends, and then he told two friends kind of thing. So we were sending out corporate gifts, all, you know, all kinds of things, whether it be smaller nonprofit organizations, but basically just saying like, hey, thanks for working from home. Thanks for rolling with it. Here's some cookies and stuff like that. So, and then we were finding that we were getting brand new people who had just gotten boxes who wanted to get more cookies. So it started so we, spreading. Yeah, it really did. So strangely enough, um, in March, April, and May, and the beginning of June, we actually, despite losing four of our revenue streams, we ended up doubling our revenue over last year, which is bananas, right? <laughs> like, it's just wow. crazy. So once we hit May, I said... I, w I had concerns about working in a shared kitchen. We work in a, in a building with 50 businesses. 
that is normally designed to handle six of them working at the same time. And all of a sudden it was only one could work. So we were limited. We couldn't get into the kitchen. And I'm like, we had already kind of outgrown it, which is why we were looking for our own space. And I said, geez, is it crazy to like make an offer <laughs> space? And, you know, we did. And um, so we signed the lease um, and it's actually, it's, it's very fortuitous. The, Building is locally owned by a, a local family. And they said, you know, hey, on paper, you're really smaller than somebody that we normally would lease to. But um, we we read up on you. We think you get a lot of hustle. <laughs> and uh, we like to give you an opportunity. So it's been pretty amazing. And then we did um, we did a crowdfunding investment campaign through Mainvest. And we raised $100,000 in less than 90 days. We actually finished it in 80 days. Um, and because so many people were anxious to help us or to invest in us, um, and that was important to me too, not to do a GoFundMe to raise this capital um, because I wanted people to, to get something back and then some, you know, provided we don't screw anything up. But um, I'd say being here after six years of starting with $2,500, I think we're a pretty decent bet. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, so we actually just opened a second round on Mainvest um, where we're doing a, a much smaller raise. We're just trying to get to a minimum of 10, maximum of 60, and that will just help us with any extra costs that will go into the construction. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at Ellen Accounting and visit us or contact me directly at ellenaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to Then What Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at lnaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's lnaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. What was the exact moment you realized you were a real business? And how did the leadership style change when that happened? I don't know that my leadership style has changed at all. I've always kind of been somebody who's an inclusive leader, uh, you know, again, learn by doing and showing. Right. So, um, but I, I would say probably in the last year we've experienced so much growth. Delegation has come into play a little bit more. Um, and I think I've become a better delegator. Um, but in terms of like my leadership style, um, the people I manage, I try to give them things to do. I try to, um, you know, I really think um, showing them and, and going through things with them and not asking them to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So I think one of the things that came up was in the springtime when farmers markets were getting ready to start with all these restrictions. Um, I looked at the, you know, the restrictions in, in our state and I said, I don't know that we can be successful at a lot of these events. And I don't know that I want to sit out in a tent 
for six hours wearing a mask trying to sell cookies. And then it became a non-issue because we didn't even, I didn't ask anybody on my staff to do it. I wasn't willing to do it. And I never ask anybody on my staff anything that I wouldn't be doing, willing to do myself. Yeah. You walk the walk, huh? <laughs> yeah, I do. I it's mean, very it's important. Thing, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, too, it's also hard. I think when you start something, it's your own, it's your baby. And I, I'll admit that like, I have had problems giving things up, but like now we're to the point where there's just, it's physically impossible for me to do everything. And, um, so right before I jumped on with you, we actually just had a quick, uh, staff meeting. So my, my best friend, Anne, who always was helping me out at 6am in the kitchen now is taking over the books. And that's a big one for me because I'm a big numbers person. So for her to take over the books, is like a big deal to me, (laughs) but that's what she does. She's an accountant. And so it was just writing down like all of our open items for, you know, um, stuff we need to do for the holiday, stuff that needs to be done by the time we open the storefront, um, sharing the design plans and stuff like that. And so getting into better, like those better habits of handing things off is, is, um, that's something that has been, um, you know, allowing somebody to go and do something as silly as, you know, as, or as small, I shouldn't say silly. I, uh, as small as go find us a dairy partner because we're going to have a flavored milk bar and we're going to be making ice cream cookie sandwiches and ice cream cookie fraps in our new space. And so like, instead of me, like researching the six or eight dairies around handing that off to somebody, uh, you know, if you had told me five years ago, I was doing that, I would have said, no, 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 I'd be doing that. But like, no, that's something she can do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a newer, it's a newer thing for me to hand off more things from start to finish, as opposed to breaking down a project and saying, okay, you do this part, you do this part and saying, you know what, we need a dairy partner, you go find it. <laughs> yeah, no. And coming back to like, you know, the emails you were getting from, you know, customers and realizing, I think everyone can say like during this time, everyone wanted, you know, in social media and everywhere you saw it was always support small businesses, support your community. And the community got stronger no matter where you were located. Right. Right. Like people were trying to order from not your chain restaurants, but like from the little guys that maybe they never ate at, or maybe, you know, nobody ever even noticed. Um, right. And so the community got stronger and out of that, like, how was that feeling for you guys? I know you saw it on kind of the receiving end, but how, how was that change for you guys? So I think, um, you know, I mean, I, I did it myself, you know, you know, and I consider myself a very proponent of small businesses and, and, and things like that. But, you know, we all have a place like down the road from us that we're like, I got to try that place sometime. And then like, it's gone. (laughs) You didn't try it. Um, but we, you know, I know in my house, we looked, we looked through every restaurant that was close by and said, let's make sure we get takeout from all these guys, you know? There was a place that I had wanted to go for two years since we moved into this neighborhood. And I just, you know, life gets in the way. You don't, you don't get there. And finally ordered it. And it's this, uh, it's a, it's a, like a wood, wood oven fired pizza place. Some of the best pizza I've ever had in my whole life. And now they're going to be our neighbors. They're going to be across the street from us. That's so cool. So I'm psyched because I'm probably going to be eating a lot of pizza when I work in the shop, especially around Christmas time. Um, But I think like, yeah, I think we're better when we get a better sense of 
the you know it, it's kind of like the old sesame street song right like who are the people in your neighborhood right like you when you establish connections with the people that are doing business in your neighborhood and start to realize the way that they do business right so like for me uh one of the things i i loved i had a high school student that worked for me was like my first employee um and you know he I think he came, he, he came from a lower income household. He understood the value of a dollar. You know what I mean? And he, and because like everything we do, I try to explain the decisions behind it, like the longer term decisions or like, why do we scrape the bat, all the batter off of the, the paddle in the mixer? Because like, that's three cookies. Right. And so he was like my superstar in the kitchen and he totally got the value of a dollar. And, um, I gave him a raise because the minimum wage in Massachusetts had gone up. And he said, can you afford it? And I said, well, nobody on my staff makes the minimum, makes minimum wage because I don't ask the minimum of anybody. But I mean, that's the thing. Like when you get to know the neighborhood, the, the businesses in your neighborhood, you get to also know their practices, right? So nobody makes minimum wage that works for me. Um, we are paying our staff to work uh, the polls on election day if they want to. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that like, that's who we are. And those, you know, and it's, and, and it's funny too, because I feel like, um, you know, we're the first ones anybody's willing to ask for a donation or, uh, like, oh, I'm doing a fundraiser. Can you donate? You know, people have asked me for thousands of cookies for free and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, yeah. why aren't you asking Mrs. Fields? Like, and maybe they are, you know what I mean? But I think when people get to know those people and, you know, we, we try to be very charitable with causes that make sense for us. And I think even during this time, you know, when we started to realize like, Hey, we're, you know, we're doing well, we're getting, we're seeing big increases over last year. We looked around at the people that we do business with. Um, And so two organizations, actually three that we were able to do like charitable giving. So we uh, vend at Boston Roller Derby, which is a nonprofit organization, um, and they couldn't hold their events. They couldn't hold, um, they, could, they can't sell merch, and they still have expenses. So they had launched a GoFundMe. As soon as I had seen that through social, I said, hey, this is what we're going to do. Saturday night would have been about night. So what we're going to do is 20% of all our sales are going to go to you guys. And we did gangbusters sales that night. You know what I mean? So... Um, and we were able to help them out and we did that pretty much every single bout night for the season that they missed. And, um, we also provide cookies to a local independent theater called the Brattle theater in, it's in Cambridge and they're closed. Um, and they're a nonprofit. So we actually did the same thing. We did a couple of nights or a couple of weekends where the whole 20% of the weekend sales went to the Brattle theater. Um, and I'm glad we were able to do that instead of saying like, oh, what's the, you know, what's the trending charity, <laughs> you know, yeah. because like Support it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And and so when the girls at Roller Derby were were like, Heather, are you sure you could do this? Because I think they felt like you're a small business, you're at risk. He said, look, we're, we happen to be doing, we happen to just have a really good product for this time. If we can, it doesn't help us to get out of this and not have your, your bouts to vend at. Cause we enjoy it. Like we have a really good time. We go to roller derby and it's, it's a lucrative night for us. And they were really shocked and, and they, that made them feel good, you know? So in fact, I grabbed the other vendors and we put together a prize pack that they could raffle off for uh roller derby to raise money for the GoFundMe. 
So, um, yeah, but I think when you get to people, know the people in your neighborhood, right, it's, it's no different than, you know, your next door neighbor. If you get to know them, you get to know more about them. And it's the same thing with the businesses in your neighborhood. And yeah, maybe, maybe you meet a business and you don't agree with their beliefs or standards or whatever, or maybe you don't like their product and that's fine, but you might meet somebody who like makes, makes the best cookie or, um, you know, you really like the way they treat their staff or whatever. And for whatever reason you want to start using them, but you have to go and look for them. Yeah, so, no, their sure. voices, are, our voices are not as loud as, as bigger companies <laughs> or well, or well heard, I guess I should say. Yep. I hope now everyone's being heard though. So <laughs> I hope so too. And I think, like I said, like, you know, I think unfortunate times like this, we can, I hope that we take the time to look at a bunch of things that are better right? So like, maybe it is like supporting our small businesses. I know for me, like I started a good morning routine where I, I don't do anything but drink my coffee for 15 minutes. And I just try to like have that time for myself. And I've noticed what a difference it makes for me. So there's little things that I wasn't doing before this that I am doing now that I am keeping no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, no. So what's your, like, what's next for, for your company? And then sure. what now what yeah now what um well i mean the storefront's obviously the biggest and best thing um we're getting we're we're getting a lot more wholesale uh inquiries right now because there's been a little bit of press about us which is good um and that'll help us kind of steady the re- revenue stream um and then we also do um frozen dough which is you know it's it's funny how the, how the world works right but the term for free pre-portioned frozen cookie dough is pox. Can't make it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're picking, we're getting some interest from distributors to do some of our frozen dough. We do it on a small scale. So we do it with a couple of colleges and then a couple of restaurants. So we'll see about that, but we're, you know, expanding opportunities, but also I think for us finding out what is, you know, what life looks like when we're a little more accessible, right? When we're not like a traveling circus that you can come to us. Um, and we're going to not only serve our cookies, fresh baked, but we're going to be doing ice cream cookie sandwiches. We're going to be doing cookie fraps, um, you know, and we're going to have a flavored milk bar and we're going to have a place that people can sit with their families and, you know, um, enjoy cookies. We're actually building our whole space is going to be open concept. So people can watch us making the cookies. And because we're going to be in a neighborhood in Boston that has a lot of young families, we feel like that'll be a good break you know, for parents. Like, cool, let's go get a cookie and you can watch people make cookies for a few minutes, you know? So Yeah. How how can people connect with you and follow you? Absolutely. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's all top shelf cookies. Um, and we're pretty active on social it's again you talk about how small businesses make their voices heard that's the that's the the most accessible way for us um if you go to our website you can follow our blog where uh, you know we'll we'll post about mostly about um you know new new product offerings but a lot of times i just give my view as a small business owner or things that are going on and around boston um and that's that's the best ways to get a hold of us (laughs) great Well, thank you, Heather, for coming on this podcast and sharing your journey. It was truly incredible. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I want to challenge you to think about how being real to your audience 
to your team and your followers can help you successfully navigate your next then what moment. Until next time, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti. Have a great week. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of LN Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening.